Mondays are usually for football, but not today. Today no. it is basketball because it is trade season. Sure. And I am here with the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, Nico Miatello. That's What's me. up, my guy? Not much, Ben. Just had a, a night to sleep on this Kyrie trade after our uh, crazy episode we got up there yesterday, the emergency pod. And now after thinking it over, I got, I I have a few more of my antennas raised up, I have to say. Well, the trade for a second was held up because it might have been added to mm-hmm. earlier today. Yeah. And then we got the report that no, this is a trade. So Let's go over it again. It's uh, Kyrie and Markeith Morris yeah. to the Dallas Mavericks for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. uh, 2029 first-rounder, yeah. and 2027, 2029 second-rounders. Correct. I'll say it again. For where Brooklyn was. Mm-hmm. This is about the best they could do. I still mean that. Yeah. But I will say this. leaves a lot of questions about what the Nets do now and what mm-hmm. Dallas does now. Twofold. Yeah. Kyrie got out of there real quick. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you got the trade request on Friday, and then you got the trade on Sunday. It was- Yeah, they were sick of that shit. All of the warts, at some point, they have to come and bite you, right? They just yeah, have to. definitely. I heard on one podcast, kudos to Kyrie playing himself into a position where he is viable for a multi-year contract next year. I don't know who gives it to him. Mm-hmm. The fit I like offensively, Kyrie. Yeah, yeah I agree. The defensive situation, it's a they're problem gonna have to fix now. it. Yeah. They're gonna have to fix it. That's I think the biggest thing we're gonna probably want to talk about today with the uh, Mavericks in terms of trades is finding defensive guys around the league that might be able to slot in and help uh Dallas for their remaining draft capital. They were able to retain a good amount of it. Despite that, so can I can I ask a question? Absolutely. Could they look at Orlando and get Mo Bamba out of Orlando? Mm -hmm. They could. They could. I'm not sure that's like the type of anchor I'd want, though. He's a he's a decent player defensively, but I if my like guard rotation is Luca and Kyrie. I think I need a guy who's a solid plus there rather than Mo Bamba, who I think is like slightly positive. Okay. I think I know where you might be going with this. There's a couple dudes. Here's my one issue. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think of centers as I think of running backs. I agree. 
I don't want to pay one over $16 million. Yeah, and uh, I think you got options there if that's that's what you're looking at. Okay. I would rather get somebody that was on a multi-year deal than mm-hmm. going into his free agent year. I got an option for that as well. I, I think I got a perfect guy for what you're kind of looking for. And okay. then I have a pie in the sky option for what now, I'm considering. Can I ask one other question? Yeah. We are in agreement that right now it is absolutely mm-hmm. imperative that Dallas go get defensive guys or they need shooters as well, but they need to get guys who can shoot and defend. There's no way this this is it. Yeah. We're agree we're on agreement on that, right? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. They absolutely are gonna have to make additional moves here. There is no way they expect to go into the playoffs with this team and actually advance. What's the best piece out there that they can get? I consider the best piece would be a, uh, someone we've talked about before, and I'd think about him for multiple teams, but he doesn't quite fit all of your criteria earlier, and that's Jakob Pertl. I think he's a defensive anchor type player and also someone who can function offensively, help keep the ball kind of moving and a, a guy who obviously is going to work in the pick and roll with two of the best pick and roll ball handlers in the league and function in the dunker spot at a high level. Are you worried about the free throw shooting at all? I, I'm always kind of concerned about that, but when you get into the playoffs and you're a team like Dallas, you already have someone in Maxi Kleba who's going to play an extended period of time. Ideally, you'd hope in a situation where you're going to win in the playoffs. So you're looking at Jakob Pertl for more somewhere between, I would say, 18 and 28 minutes a game. In, in a situation like that, the free throw shooting concerns me a little less, especially with the recent rule changes to the Hack-A-Shack system. I mean, I knew that was going to be like the number one option. That's why I said, like, I'm not yeah. in on spending a lot of money on a guy, but I do understand it. And I know Cuban, mm-hmm. if he feels that he's close, he'll go in. So I, I yeah, know absolutely. that situation is not going to impede him on spending money. Yeah. I just would rather, if I could, get somebody maybe a little less defense, but yeah, maybe more, more secure offensively. Yeah. Well, someone who I think would fit a lot of your criteria, and he could kind of function offensively more as a passer than anything else. But... Um, Isaiah Hartenstein hasn't really fit in the system in New York as well as it uh, was kind of envisioned coming into the year. And at times we're seeing a guy like Jericho Sims start over him, which is something I'd consider problematic. He still has another year left on his contract after this one. So if that they're looking for someone who can function in kind of a similar role to Jakob Bertel, especially if you're expecting Maxi Kleba to be healthy, kind of playing that 18 to 25 minutes a game for you in the playoffs. I think Isaiah Hartenstein would be another really nice target for them. 
this is a choice that I really like. First of all, he has a little bit of a mean streak in him. You kind of need that. Sure does. I don't think he has a problem getting physical. Yeah, and I think Tibbs is unfortunately doesn't value the things that uh, Hardenstein does. So no. I would love for him to get to Dallas. If, if that was an option, mm-hmm. I would be all over that if I was him. Yeah, as someone who watched a lot of Hartenstein early in his career in the G League and in the or in his uh, pre NBA career, I always admired him as a passer, and I was kind of excited when he signed with the Knicks to maybe see him function in that nail role, kind of a la Joakim Noah. And it doesn't seem like they've kind of get put that on his plate at all. We've seen like shades of it a little bit here and there, and he's performed okay. But it seems that that part has kind of functioned out of his game by this point in his career. So we got one position squared away. How did we get the three squared away? Because think- that's another. That's another. <laughs> area where they could use a defender. Mm-hmm. I mean, I well, know that Green is going to fill that role. I, I couldn't imagine that they would start Tim Hardaway Jr. with Kyrie no. Irving and Luka Doncic. No, they can't. Okay. So I understand that Green is there, but you got to want somebody who's a little more playoff, like test it, right? Or is it they only have one move? I think there's a chance they can get multiple moves off. And that's actually another part of the reason I like the Jakob Pertle uh, designation in a trade because it's kind of easier to fold some things together and maybe also target a reunion with a guy like Josh Richardson, who I think could help Dallas out in the playoffs. But another guy who I think could function specifically well in Dallas versus where he is currently would be Matisse Thibel. He's someone who is a much better off-ball defender than on-ball defender, and Dallas is in a spot now where they're going to have to switch a lot of stuff. They're going to probably try play Luka in a situation similar to what Harden would play in Houston, where he plays kind of like a pseudo-guard, or sorry, a pseudo-power-forward role. And because he's so big and strong and hard to move, like that's going to have him function at a high level defensively. So you need to have guys who can kind of be a a half guard, half small forward type and maybe point of attack, but still an off ball player. And Matisse is a guy who can fit in a system like that. He's definitely a huge negative offensively. And that's been very noted to this point in his career and is part of the reason why uh, Philadelphia is even looking to move on from him in the first place. But when you have that much on-ball creation between Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving on your team, I think you're maybe in a spot where you can take a little bit of a step back at some of those other spots. They, You're not going to like the like Matisse being sagged off in the corner, like he's Tony Allen back in the day with uh, that Warrior series. When they put Bogut on Tony Allen, you'll be able to do stuff like that to 
to the Mavericks, but their ability to function in the pick and roll, I think might mitigate that to a certain extent and like actually really bring that team to a different level. So I, I really think Matisse Thibel is the guy they should have their eyes on. That would solve it. I don't know what you'd have to give Philly to get that. I mean, I know I, it would take a lot because they're not on him. Mm-hmm. And having Christian Wood, and if there's any way that you can shake loose, shake Milton. Uh, I I think Shake is a guy they won't really want to trade because he makes a lot more sense with the Harden and Bead system because he can actually like pressure on ball in a way that's gonna disrupt pick and rolls with Joel Embiid. They're using that a similar style of defense, but they're using it a little differently. Where instead of switching everything along the perimeter, they're just pressing up and like fighting over every screen and stuff and shake is kind of the perfect guy for a system like that that's part of the reason i've always been higher on shake milton than almost anyone he's been one of my my favorites can i throw another guy out there too yeah momo's gonna be mad Mm -hmm. okay so shout out to our guy momo (laughs) what's the appetite on uh nasri Oh, he won't be mad. He's trying to trade Nas Reed quite a bit. He's got this uh, dream of a first-round pick for Nas Reed in his head, though. Jaden McDaniels is out there, right? Oh, I I think Jaden McDaniels might be playing himself into a position. This is uh, a long conversation because I might be thinking Jaden McDaniels is looking at a max contract or at least those Mikhail Bridges numbers right now. They love him in Minnesota. They should. I'm trying to think of a team where you can kind of go youthful, but useful players and do some sort of two-for-one. Could you go down to Charlotte and maybe do like a P.J. Washington, mm-hmm. Jalen McDaniels yeah, for Christian Wood and give LaMelo a, a toy? Yeah, I think uh, I'm not sure like that exact package would, would interest them, but I think there's definitely something there between a potential – like getting Charlotte to sell off package because realistically at this point, what like what are they playing for? They need to be willing to sell off in a situation like that. I and I think the Mavericks actually stumbled into a good piece in trade talks like that because Jaden Hardy has been really impressive this year as a second round pick, mm-hmm. and I think if you're talking to any of those teams actually like especially a team like utah or san antonio earlier who doesn't have the most young guard creation prospects i i think Jaden hardy might interest some of these guys i'd be willing to dangle him especially now that you have the Kyrie and luca combination good pull by you mm-hmm. on the hardy kid absolutely yeah he's he's looked good this year. Yeah, I like that he can get buckets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just get buckets, man. I love he, that. Yeah, he's someone who I really did not like early in the draft process and was kind of coming out pretty strongly against. But as 
the year went along more and more. I just kept watching his games and he kept getting better and better and better. And I finally finished with him somewhere in my first round. And I was really shocked when he fell to the second. He was giving me Cam Thomas vibes. (laughs) Yeah, to a certain extent. I think like... They try. They played him wrong. I think the ignite to a certain extent can do uh, kids a disservice because they let them do their thing a little too much, and it's not necessarily what their role in the NBA is going to be. Which, like, you want to let them flash everything they have. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Why players at Kentucky always get drafted way too late is because they can't show everything they have. Right, but. It, it kind of seemed at the beginning of the year to really paint Jaden Hardy in a bad light mm-hmm. and not really show off the type of player he is. And I think we're kind of seeing, well, at least earlier when Scoot was hurt, we were kind of seeing a similar thing with Leonard Miller, with them putting the ball in his hands a little too much this year and putting him in a role that he's like never going to actually play on an NBA team. All right, let's switch over to the net side for a second because Definitely. they got a lot of stuff going on over there. They do. You got people snooping around KD, which KD is getting really quiet through this whole process. He sure is. So shout out to him on that. Okay, you got to look at it two ways. If you're pivoting completely away from this, which to me, that's the inevitable call. I know that people want to try to salvage it, and I'm not saying that KD will not put on a brave face up until their season ends this year, which kind of sucks. But I I think what we're leaning towards is a complete divorce of all three of these guys that we talked about yesterday, which was James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. I'm still of the opinion that I know it's a rush job. Yeah. And I know that Joe Sy probably is banging his head up against the wall. Mm-hmm. But this is such an opportune time to strike for it is. There's so many teams. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get the best offer. You're gonna get a really good offer right now. And it's going to completely overshadow the OG and the no situation. Oh, of course. Which you could actually double back and come and get him with the, the haul that you might get, you know. Uh, well, that's something we kind of skipped over with Dallas. If they're willing to give away every pick they have left, OG and Anobi, I don't think is out of reach. I think they can't do it until at the end of this year because of the New York well, Knicks thing. They could they could technically do swap rights and stuff and do it the kind of that way. So it would be like just giving two draft picks up and swap rights in three different years if uh, Toronto was open to something like that. And then Jaden Hardy, whatever else uh, Toronto wanted in that situation. But I think that OG is going to get a haul. Yeah, he absolutely is. Like I, um, I think I think what Dallas could put together is probably not going to come close to what some yeah. of these other teams are going to be able to say. Hey, yeah. uh, that's we'll fair. Take a fly. We'll take a flyer on him. That's fair. Yeah. But to your point on Kevin Durant, there, 
I definitely think we're sitting in a spot where there's going to be teams throwing whatever they can at the Nets to try and get this thing done right now and actually move forward. It's so hard to say, but I think I you have to do it at this point if can you're I, the Nets. Can I just say this? Yeah, go ahead. This is the time for KD to mm-hmm. say, you know what? You know, I was in when Harden was here and Kyrie was here. Yeah. And I'm not in now. And I don't think there's that much backlash on him. It's like, listen, this is not what I envision now. And I think I would yeah. like to go somewhere else. I think it's time for him to – I know he's not big on confrontation. I get mm-hmm. it. But I think he needs to to take a hold of his legacy and just go like, if it's Golden State, great. If it's Portland, great. Mm-hmm. If it's Dallas, because he's, you know, like he played down there at the University of Texas, great. Yeah. Just go where you're going to be happy. This is my one complaint about Kevin Durant. Yeah. If you're telling me it's all about just hooping and I don't care about all the nonsense, you know where the best place for him to go is? Hmm. Toronto. Yeah, that's been the best place for him right. to go this whole time. And I'm pretty sure as soon as we heard earlier today that Pascal Siakam is not getting moved, I'm pretty sure that's an admission. Hey, Kevin Durant is not coming to Toronto this trade deadline. Right. <laughs> You know, he was like, I just care about hoop. Because that's all we hear from him is like, I just care about hoop. I just care about hoop. I just care about hoop. So mm-hmm. my question is, is it all about hooping or is it about this sick kind of like savior, like superhero mentality? I can come in and save the day. Yeah. I think it to a certain extent for Kevin Durant, you definitely have to assume that superhero mentality might be the wrong way to put it for me. I think he has that want to be the man and to come into a situation and build it up and actually kind of almost like atone for the sins he quote unquote committed in OKC, though I personally don't blame him for that. I think he's really ended up in a situation where he thinks to protect and rebuild his legacy, he might need to go to a team and win a championship, quote unquote, by himself. I obviously, I personally don't hold him to that standard, but. Based on the way he's acted, I think it's a safe assumption that he really does think that he needs to kind of atone for those OKC sins and prove himself that he can win a title as the best player. Tone setter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs to have one of those with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I, yeah. I, I'm not, definitely not disagreeing with the the overall sentiment here that there is definitely a need for that style. And so, on some teams, like that type of leader is the coach. 
So he needs, like, I think to be in the right situation for sure for himself. I, I'm hoping that he goes somewhere that it doesn't end up with all this bullshit again, because I'm, I'm really getting sick and tired of the NBA fans hating one of the best players of all time. And Kevin Durant, it's pretty frustrating. I'm almost at a point where, I mean, in my heart, I would love for him to be traded. Yeah. In my mind, I still think it's an off season acquisition mm-hmm. me too but if i'm brooklyn he would be the best thing on the market and you would get the haul there wouldn't be two days of sifting through you know oh we'll get back to you because we got to check in on zach levine or bradley bill or whoever i, I don't know that they waited till the last second with harden they might wait till the last second with kd too like, I doubt that a trade will happen on deadline day, but if it comes out like three, 30 minutes before the deadline that KD's moved, I'm not going to be absolutely stunned. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I wouldn't be stunned, but I can see it from the front office side. Like, th- we want to get this one right because this is going to set us up for what the next iteration of our team is going to look like. Yeah, so I, get it right. you know, I'm not saying that you couldn't do that in three or four days. I'm sure at some point this year, that organization has talked about the doomsday situation. Oh, of course they, they need to have talked about it by now. Like that's what I guess they were probably talking about all summer. Cause they were dealing with this throughout the summer as well. And now it just came up again at the deadline. As we hear all the time on NBA TV deadlines spur action. And clearly it, that was true for Kyrie Irving. Let's see if it's true for Kevin Durant in these coming days. Could you imagine all the smoke clears and Sean Marks is standing tall? No Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's a, and guess what? It's like, this was the team where we had basically before <laughs> all these idiots got here. You know, no offense to anybody. I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm yeah. sure in his head with all the stuff I, that has gone that's on. That's definitely how he has to be thinking. Who, okay, so we know that. We think Memphis should be involved. We think Absolutely. that we think that New Orleans should be involved. Yes. Um, we think Phoenix should. I mean, a lot of people should be involved on Kevin yeah. Durant. I mean, honestly. of course. Of but course. the other teams that realistically have a shot, like right now, like I can put a package together right now and yeah. throw some teams in there that aren't those usual suspects. Like you named the the teams I'd consider to be the big four in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes with uh, between New Orleans, Memphis, Phoenix, and Toronto. But uh, we've heard all day today that it, it might be Boston that's the biggest team in this whole ordeal here like i i personally would not have expected it in the first place but it seems to be feeling like 
they're willing to make a move. And I know it wasn't going to happen like this, but earlier today when it just came out, oh, Jalen Brown sitting out with a non-COVID illness, Hmm. I was waiting, staring at Twitter for the next 10 minutes to see if maybe there was a subsequent trade. I'm going to ask a question. Mm -hmm. Why would Boston want to do that? As far as I'm concerned, I think... If you're not guaranteed a title, you're about as close as you can get by adding. If it's Jalen Brown, uh, Derek White, and draft picks for all your draft picks for Kevin Durant, I think that team, uh, yeah, I can't see anyone coming even close to them in this playoff season. Uh, There's no period. way they can do this without Jalen Brown. There's no way. Oh, no, definitely not. Because I'm trying to look at the other packages that might be out there, right? Like, Memphis mm-hmm. isn't, doesn't have, like, this guy. No. Because, no one does. No one does. That's why. Because Bain, I've heard people say, like, Bain has to be part of that package. There's no way. Yeah, exactly. They can't move Bain. And then you look at New Orleans and you go, well, okay, you give them – Something young kids. It would have to be them involving Brandon Ingram, which they don't seem to be willing to do. See, I wouldn't want to do that either. I would yeah. want to bring in Durant and keep. <laughs> yeah. Brandon. I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting, I'm not trying to be fan, but I'm trying to mm-hmm. figure out there's got to be cap ways that we could do the other. You could function it. In terms of cap, I just don't think it becomes a trade that Brooklyn would take right? without involving that type of player. But Boston is the team that could involve that type of player and still have a championship roster. And not only a championship roster, but the championship roster in the league, I think. Wow. I just... If you want the title, I get it. Mm-hmm. I just I have a hard time giving up Jalen Brown for that. I understand because the Laker fan in me wants them to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I want yeah. them to do that because Durant has a bad game in the playoffs in that Boston market. Yeah, it all but goes I don't to think hell. We've seen Durant, what Durant looks like on super teams. That's the finals MVP, best player in the league. I think that's what we'd be seeing. Mm. Now, if they're trying to build it around Kevin Durant. Yeah. Right. They're selling him right now. They're like, we're going to make some moves right now. What's, what's what's, What's the plan? What's the move? The plan they seem to be selling him on right now is we are going to throw a uh, hundred defenders out there and you're going to go do the offense by yourself. Uh, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie will help you out a bit. Maybe like three to five minutes a game. We'll throw Cam Thomas out there against bench units and let him cook. But it seems to be the Kevin Durant led offense that uh, they're moving forward, but so there's no move on the horizon for them. 
there could be they're the team that i have really no idea what they're doing this because obviously they just traded away their second best player so there could be a move that they have in their back pocket that they're waiting on especially if they actually have faith that they can keep kevin durant and keep him engaged for the remainder of the year i could see something like that i just i couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head so they would have to basically be talking to kevin right now and going we we kind of need to know where you stand because these yeah. are the things that are out here that we're thinking about doing to put around you. Mm-hmm. Or this is what we're thinking about in the off season to put around you. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, they were kind of pitching today, apparently, when it came out that uh, the deal's on hold because they're trying to work in a third team. The next thing that came out was they were trying to throw all their draft picks and Spencer Dinwiddie at Toronto for Fred Van Fleet. So it seems like they're trying to like find another guy to put with KD in hopes that like that will get him to recommit to the organization. Uh, all the best to him, I guess. But like we, this guy literally went on a podcast earlier in the season and listed out the guys he was starting with. And was like, what do you expect me to do with them? And now that's like the guys he's going to be playing with. Plus Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, which Kevin Durant likes, but I, I'm not sure he likes him enough that he's going to want to stay here. I, so I wonder, Durant I, has become Luca yeah. and Luca has become Durant basically. I think so. I I don't know. I good luck to to both these teams in the playoffs because they're you you might uh you might you might be setting me up for a bit of a transition here because there's something that after we were done talking yesterday on the emergency pod, there's something that popped back into my head that we didn't really discuss about the whole Dallas side of this. And that was in the days leading up to this (laughs) Kyrie Irving trade after it came out that Kyrie had asked for a trade in the first place, which we also covered live and lost our minds over. Um, It came out publicly that the Mavericks were a team incredibly desperate to find a co-star with Luca, And that, at the time especially, that wording stuck with me, that they were desperate to find a co-star. And I, th- I thought it was weird. Why, why are they desperate at this point? And then the fact that they go and they're the team that's willing to roll the dice on a guy like Kyrie Irving in the first place and the report that they're desperate to find a co-star for Luca. It has me on alert for this Dallas situation in the first place. Not only have we seen like this is a tangential part of it, but we've seen Kyrie go places and blow it up time and time again to this point but the fact that Dallas felt 
desperate to put a co-star besides Luca kind of reads to me like maybe Luca's not so happy with what's been going on in Dallas, especially considering all of the public things that have came out about the like unprofessional acts in the front office that he's like had to go through since being on the team and like working in what has been called like a predatory work environment for females. Like I I'm sure like repeatedly Dallas has not proven themselves to be the model organization. A guy like Luca wants to commit himself to. And the fact that they felt desperate really resonated with me the fact that they were the only team willing to do something like this and actually give up something real for Kyrie maybe we're only eight to 16 months away from uh red alert that Luca's on the trade block I at least keep my eyes open for that I think Brian Windhorst said something to this effect as well, that this is eerily similar to LeBron's first go-round in, in Cleveland. Yeah. Like how they, how their timeline changed because they got there too quick. Mm-hmm. Then they made a mistake with Boozer, which you can say Jalen Brunson was the mistake that Dallas made. Then you got the, the weird trades to pair Chris stops trade too. Right. And now yeah, you have, and now you've the followed Anthony it up Davis with situation. the, yeah, you followed it up with the Kyrie deal. Like you followed it up with this guy who everywhere he's gone, you know, I mean, we laid yeah. it out, we laid it out in the emergency pot everywhere he's gone. There's been some sort of issue. I don't understand why these NBA players, and I'm, it's not mm-hmm. all of them. So let me not group everybody together because uh, Steph Curry seems to be a happy fellow. You know, um, I just don't get how you get all the money. You get the bag, right, Nico? You get all yeah. the money. You get the shoe deal. You're getting movies if you're Kyrie. What else is it that you want? Like, what is it? Why aren't these situations working out for you? What is it? What level of disrespect are you getting? Why is it that you're caught? Why is it that we're suspending you for comments that were literally just offensive to a whole sect of people Mm -hmm. and you don't get it? And now you're coming to us talking about, I want to be traded. Like, bro, yeah. Of course. Hey, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I mean, Joe Sai couldn't throw up the deuces quick enough, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that dude was sitting. I mean, I know they they still have some sort of fax machine deal. I know, I know there's a lot of electronic signature now, which the kids are probably going like, what's a fax machine? But. I'm sure the ink couldn't be dry. <laughs> yeah. My man was like, yo, let's go ahead and announce this. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. He was, well, clearly because the trade wasn't even finalized till today. And we all knew about it yesterday. So <laughs> they they were trying to get that out ASAP. So, I mean, it's just, it's baffling to me. 
I understand that Dallas is taking a swing, but this is also a team that took a swing with Christoph Porzingis. And I understand that the draft capital isn't as dire. But are we sure? Are we sure this is the guy that we wanted to? Especially considering that they would have been in such a better spot this offseason to go and make a move for a co-star. The fact that they were, uh, as the report said, desperate right now to get that guy, knowing that in this offseason, all their draft picks would be unencumbered going forward, and they could easily make a move for whatever agitated player was on the market. But they felt desperate, again, enough to make that move right now that that really gives me the feeling that maybe we aren't looking at the happiest situation in Dallas. Maybe this is all for naught. It doesn't matter. They win the championship this year. I kind of doubt that, but highly never that. know. But yeah, it, I'm really, I'd be concerned. All right. Let's pivot because I think we've given Dallas and Brooklyn a lot of time. All right, we know those two teams are probably going to be active during the trade deadline. Toronto still has Van Vliet out there. They said that Siakam is not on the market, but they didn't say anything about Van Vliet. They didn't say anything about Gary Trent Jr. Or OG. Or OG. Uh, Levine is not going to be moved now, but they didn't say anything about DeRozan. Yeah. What do you think is going on and where do you think how this market is going to shake out as of right now? I think we're going to see a move in Toronto. I don't know exactly which one it's going to end up being, but the fact that like we were talking about earlier, this whole Brooklyn thing apparently almost folded into a Toronto deal makes me feel like there is an imminent Toronto deal. Um, the, the Specifically the names of OG, uh, or not OG, Pascal. Um, all, uh, who else came out earlier today that was off the ball? the block oh and for as well yeah and uh those players not being traded oh zach levine as well did didn't really jeremy grant uh, was not included in that situation yeah uh, that is true so that all those specific names coming out that they wouldn't be trading didn't really like set off my alarm bells because I didn't expect any of them to really get moved. But like you said, the fact that those players were named specifically and other players were kind of left out of it tells you a little bit more about uh, what else is going on behind closed doors at a time like this. You kind of got to read between the lines there, but I'd expect moves in at least two of those places. I, I'm a little less sold on the Portland move, but I, I would do it if I was them. I, I have a friend that is in PR, okay? And I asked her, I was like, is this, 
is this unreasonable for me to think this? And he was like, no, it would have been just as easy to pair up the two names. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, these dudes are not, you know, being traded. Like, if you wanted to just quell everything, yeah, you would do that. So that just let me know that those people are, we're taking phone calls on these other mm-hmm. people. Yeah, it doesn't mean they will be traded for sure, but it definitely means they're exploring their options. Give me your team that is primed to make a move. And then give me a team that you feel is like desperate to make a move. Um. Desperate to make a move, I think, this year is a little more, um, like, lack, lacks. I'm not sure there's as many desperate teams. I think Portland is a team you could maybe target because they're sitting outside of the play-in picture right now, and they expected to definitely be a play-in team. But they're sitting in a place with enough flexibility that they could maybe go either way, and especially after that Steph news where he might miss over a month. You can kind of expect the Warriors to fall down the standings, and that that should help them as well. <laughs> so I, I'm not really sure I'd point anyone out necessarily as desperate, but I, I think we're still going to see an Indiana move at this deadline. I know there's been a lot of talk about different people coming off uh, the block, be it Miles Turner or uh, Buddy Heald. But I got to say, I'm not necessarily sold that either of those players are currently untradeable. I just think they haven't found the right exact offer that they like. I th- I think it might be harder for them to sell Miles Turner because apparently Rick Carlisle really likes him, so Miles Turner. But I think we we should be seeing a move in uh, Indiana or Indianapolis at this deadline. Hmm. I think the Clippers are desperate to make a move. Yeah. There could be. I think Phoenix might not be desperate to make a move, but they're Mm. antsy. They're desperate to get off Drake Crowder, so they they're another answer, I guess. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I will. I want to say it on this podcast. Uh, what restaurant do you think Matt Ishbia takes us Chris Paul out to to kind of even out the waters a little bit? Ruth Chris, that's got to be right. He's got to take him somewhere real nice, right? Yeah, because that's a that's a Mia Copa that you got to do in person. You got to sit down with with the guy, right, and go, yeah. uh, yeah, my bad, bro. You know, I've been the owner of this team for four days, and I've already <laughs> tried to trade you away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you imagine this is like. Just yeah. new sheriff in town, just a maverick. I'm going to blow it all up. Yeah, Chris Paul, thanks for holding my team together for like the last couple years, but uh, I'll take it from here, and uh, you're gone. And we're going to get the most unstable guy on the face of the planet. <laughs> wow. Absolutely insane. 
men. I don't even know how that conversation goes. Like, walk me through the process of that. Like, how do you how do you approach Chris Paul, who has been a guy who has been on the um, Players Association, you know, union board, mm-hmm. all this very decorated guy gave some stability to this franchise when it needed it most when all the nonsense that was going on above yeah you know there was a He's ceo who, many who there was a ceo who who left the who left the phoenix suns today because he was also yeah. part of <clears throat> the the misgoings on at a right uh, one week ago, he said he absolutely would not be resigning before exactly. resigning today. And until Matt Ishbia signed that paperwork. Yeah. And, and that was all she wrote. I so, I just want to know how that, that you have to walk that back. <laughs> I think it, it's going to be obviously something nearly impossible to walk back. I don't think and I don't think walking it back would be the right move. I think Chris Paul at this point has been in the league for long enough that he's kind of seen all of this awful stuff for new owners. Uh, as a Rockets fan, I can remember when Tillman went out publicly and called the Chris Paul contract the worst contract in pro sports. So I think like he is he knows what it's like to have a new owner come in and maybe not like having the old point guard on the roster as much as the guy before. And those people generally don't like see the the value. It almost seems like I'm talking positively about Robert Sarver, which don't get it twisted. I'm definitely not, but it's just the thing with new money. You come into a place and you want to see how you can kickstart everything, make it run better. And you see someone old. But Nico, Nico, your perspective. You had a bigger target in Phoenix. Yeah. You definitely did. You picked, the glue guy. Mm-hmm. You did. I'm not. Uh, no, I'm saying it's stupid. I just like, I think Chris Paul can acknowledge that new guys are, new owners are generally kind of stupid. They always come in and want to do something to kickstart the whole system before they actually have a real feel for what the system is. Now, if you really want now they won't do it because it's in division and it's in conference and it would be a complete uh disaster. Well, it would be it would put them in a situation where you're helping another team and and taking away from your team. So I know mm-hmm. it wouldn't happen, but could you imagine Chris Paul back on the Clippers with a grown up which is obviously needed? <laughs> Yeah, they they could use it. I yeah. I I guess I don't know. That that would be a good move for the Clippers if they could find a way to pull it off. I just it seems too hard for me at this yeah, point. No, I I just I was just thinking of the irony yeah. of you know, this dude hot to make a move and there's some sort of somehow Lawrence Frank gets in the middle of some three team deal. And he reroutes Chris Paul to the Clippers. <laughs> Some nonsense. Yeah. Oh man. 
I I could see it happening, which is the scariest part, I think. All right. So we know that I've seen some things online, which was weird to me because I've seen things like Bill and what have you. And I'm going like, in what world does Bill move? Yeah. What, no. You know, like what he world? He, he doesn't. doesn't want to. No, they don't not. seem to want to do that. No, there's no world uh, where Beale moves. I don't think there's a world where Kuzma moves either. I I doubt that there's a world where Kristaps moves. Maybe that's uh, a call that Brooklyn's making right now to shore up that front court. But I I don't think it would happen. Um. I I would probably rule Washington out of the deadline from everything I can tell up to this point. OKC maybe as like a stealth seller, they've got a few guys on their team who have been performing relatively well, be it a guy like Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Joe, who seemed to, find a spot there so maybe if you're a team shopping around the margins you could go to okc for a couple second round picks and pick up a ninth man in your rotation but there's not there's a whole lot of other teams i can see making those kind of moves i'm gonna hit you with some quick fire uh questions and i just want your immediate reaction Mm mm-hmm D'Lo get moved by the deadline? No, I don't think so. It'd be a lot of fun if it happened, though. With all the chatter that's out there, you still don't? No, no, no okay. I don't. I don't think it it can happen. It would need to be Phoenix or uh, the Clippers, and I can't really see either of those teams working it out at this point. OG move before the deadline. <laughs> Um, I, I would say doubtful at this point, but I, I would say more likely, I guess. Kind of 50, 50 on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe like 70, 30, like 70% chance he's not getting moved. Oh, okay. So you're, you're almost out on that. Yeah, well, not not out, but like I'm thinking it's maybe more likely than not. It's not happening. Okay. Does Van Vliet get moved before the deadline? Uh, that one I'm way closer to 50-50 or maybe even like 60-40 that he is moving. I can see Van Vliet and Trent moving out of Toronto a lot easier. I, I expect Toronto to make a move, but the OG part of it, I just think he might be a little too expensive. <laughs> is Jared Vanderbilt going to be moved out of Utah? I think so. Yeah. From all accounts of things I've heard, it seems like he should be a guy moving out of town. If I'm Portland, I might call about him. Obviously, he can't play in any situation with Nurkic, which is a disaster. But Nurkic tends to get banged up in the playoffs. So I'd be I'd love to have another guy like that in my front court and uh, Vando Jeremy Grant. Uh, front court would be a lot of fun to watch. So I'd like to see Portland swoop in and 
steal Vanderbilt if it's possible. <clears throat> Is Mike Conley going to be moved before the deadline? Uh, yeah, uh, that one I'm I'm more fifty fifty on. I I'm not. I don't think so. But I think so. But I don't think so. There are teams that could work it out. I guess that like. Is there a scenario where at the deadline you think like it comes down to it and Utah says, fuck it, we'll take Ross in seconds and give you Conley and something else? Just like. If it's seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Just because they're going to be buying them out otherwise. Because like. And we're getting. Or maybe they they want Max Christie or something from you, but like no, no first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you want to trade Lonnie Walker, but yeah. they they need his bird right. Just I'm actually my whole thing is is that if you can get guys who have years on their contract, you trade Lonnie Walker. You trade. Oh yeah, I, I agree. You know, get guys with two years on their contract. Um, obviously you want guys who work well with your guys that you have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's the shooter that I'm, I'm missing it in, in Utah. Who's the, the, the sniper oh, Beasley. Beasley. Is he going to yeah. get moved? Um, I, I could see it going either way for him too. It seems maybe like, Apparently, ownership has a good relationship with Clarkson. They keep insisting that they're willing to trade him, but it, a lot of people kind of have it as more of a believe-it-when-I-see-it situation. And if that's the case, then maybe I could see Beasley moving out in a similar package to what we were talking about. But I I, I don't know. I think I might rather just keep Beasley for the... the the level of instant offense he is. He's like, people like to compare him to the JJ Reddick types, but like just the sheer volume of actually actual threes he takes like way surpasses that he just finds himself in those spots all the time and can get it off so fast that he's going to juice your offense, no matter what's kind of happening. Not that he's an elite player or anything, but he is a huge boost to any bench that needs shooting and spacing. Yeah. I mean, he's going to shoot what nine to 13 and he's going to make anywhere from three to five every single time. Yeah. So that's where he's going to be. Absolutely. I got two more. I got two more to ask you, and then we can kind of, if there's anything else that we need to talk about, we can go ahead and talk about it. Okay. Does Boyan Bogdanovich get moved? Apparently not. I'm surprised by that one, as surprised as everyone, but it seems like they want to keep him in town and want to talk about a long-term extension. I uh I just get a feeling <laughs> Yeah, you think he's going out, but I, just I, get a I feeling I'm I'm not I don't think you can honestly ask for two first round draft picks for him. No, but I think that if they get a first and like a second, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. I don't know. I, I 
they might they might just be holding on him anyways i they seem to be letting troy weaver do kind of whatever he thinks is right and he seems to be a bullion believer so i i would think it's pretty likely he doesn't get moved at this point all right we can agree to disagree on that one and then my last question for you mm-hmm. of all the chatter that we've heard out there of all the stuff that has been out there john collins forever miles turner now now not miles turner the yeah. demar DeRozan's, all all this stuff that's out there mm-hmm what would be the one team that just surprised you if they made a move and went? And then what would the move be if you thought like, oh, like, wow. I think it's it's weird because it's a move we've talked about a lot. But I think those three teams in the uh, West, the Phoenix, Memphis, New Orleans, if any of them actually pulls the trigger on OG, that's the one that makes me go, oh boy, okay, now we've got a contender that no one can really deal with. Like that Memphis team rolling out a defensive threesome of Jaron Jackson Desmond Bain, OG Ananobi, and even Steven Adams there as well that you can just throw in there to muck shit up. Uh, that's dangerous. The same goes with that exact fit with New Orleans, like with how many great defenders they already have as well. And then uh, everyone knows Mikhail Bridges and OG Ananobi together. Like <laughs> that's absolutely wreaking havoc as well. There's the, the, those are like three themes that could be seriously changed by the addition of OG. So if any of those teams are willing to actually pull the trigger and give uh, Toronto the first round picks they're asking for, I think those are the, that's the move. Well, I'm just going to say you probably just lit up Chris Vernon's heart by getting Ananobi to Memphis because oh, yeah. he's been screaming about taking shots from Dylan Brooks forever. So, Oh, for sure. So yeah, that well, would make him so happy. He, Dylan Brooks is like the, okay. People who don't like Marcus smart, what they say Marcus smart is, is what Dylan Brooks actually is as a player like he is that like a cartoonized version of marcus smart where he just takes every bad jump shot tries to facilitate throws the ball out of bounds but then also defends the living hell out of everyone through just sheer effort and like size that's that's my Canadian brother. I got to show support to Dylan Brooks as an individual. I'd love him in Houston, but I think he's kind of over earned his welcome in Memphis at this point. It might be time to move forward. Oh, Chris, we need to send this to Chris Vernon and shout him out. We'll shout him out. Uh, good. Go ahead. Shout outs to Chris Vernon and the mismatch on that deal. All right. Um, all right, we we waited long enough. The Lakers. 
it's so here in Los Angeles, it's Armageddon, as you can possibly tell. There's probably yeah. people outside with pitchforks and you know starting fires and anything. LeBron is in his like key sweat like bag right now. Is yeah. it me? Oh man. You know, he in his feelings right now. There's a lot of J. Cole getting played in the background. Oh man. Man. Um I don't think Kalinka can go to a Starbucks right now. No. <laughs> oh, um, <yeah. laughs> because the one thing that I also hear on, on podcasts, and we talked about this the last time we potted, is that we're a connoisseur of podcasts. And everybody says the same exact thing, that the Lakers are close. The Lakers are close. The Lakers are close. What are they close to is my question Yeah. to you. Now, I'm a Laker fan, you know, but I'm a, also a Laker realist. I've never been this guy who said, oh, well, it doesn't matter. We got LeBron, we got AD, we're going to win championships. It doesn't matter. I've never said that. Yeah. I've always been a realist. I didn't like the rush trade at all. But no. we're here now. We are. So now my question is, is that whether it's both picks, one pick for one package and another pick for another package, keeping all the picks, wait until the offseason, then have three picks. Like, but you know where I stand on that. You know where mm-hmm. I would go. And I know it's not popular in Los Angeles to wait yeah. and be patient because, because this is what a model franchise looks like. This is what mm-hmm. true negotiations look like you are looking at a trade deadline where there is nothing out there that can significantly make your team better. It can make your team marginally better. Yeah. The games that you're just winning or fouls are at the end are causing you to lose games. By the way, speak to the people in Sacramento. They probably want to bring up 2002 to you again. Oh, um, So you, you'll win more games. You might, what, get to a sixth seed. Nobody wants to see LeBron in a sixth seed or even play yeah. in whatever case it be. And where are you? Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of stuck in the mud to a certain extent. You're lost between, like, having a chance to put together a, a real title team especially considering those top two guys and not having enough to fill out the group around them because of that rest trade you've made so the the spot i would suggest they move in is i feel like uh i'm beating my head into the wall with this one at this point and it's the same kind of idea as you i think i'm waiting out this season i'm taking the lumps as i get them this year if we finish in the play-in and make the playoffs great if we don't great 
I'm riding into the offseason. I'm taking all of the cap space that will be able to be generated by just clearing uh, all these other players off the books outside of, I guess, now Rui, Reeves, LeBron. And see, that's the, that's the problem. Here's the mm. problem with that. If Rui stays, he has like an 8.8 cap hold yeah. until he signs the contract. Which brings your cap number down to something like tw- anywhere between, depending yeah. on where you look, is twenty three million to twenty five. Yeah, some are twenty two, right? Mm-hmm. Which really well, that gets you maybe one if you do this right. It gets you one more like you maybe you can sign a guy for fifteen. Yeah, maybe you can then use another guy for your. What taxpayer mid level, and then because you're well, over the you county, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be a taxpayer team, so you could use the full mid level and basically just hard cap yourself for the remainder of the year. Um, and also like using that acquiring bigger contracts that you could turn around and trade, then I think would be probably the way to go about it especially because you have those incoming draft assets as well i'd be now that the Kyrie thing seems a little done i'd be maybe looking to use that money we're talking about to try and do something like that what you've often talked about which is finding those multi-year deals maybe you go out and you sign three different guys to 10 million dollar deals and two, three-year deals with the team option or whatever you have to do and just try and put a squad around LeBron that way and then be willing to eventually combine them in with those draft picks if need be later down the line. Could the team be reimagined like, okay, I know nobody's really said this, but like – they don't have the assets to give back to them. But if Atlanta was really wanting to move off of John Collins yeah. in, that con- in that contract, John Collins is not a bad basketball player. He's a good basketball player. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the not greatest. A great right yeah, now. It's not the greatest of all times, but it's, it's, I mean, this guy was getting you like 20 and 11 at one mm-hmm. point. I mean, I, I think don't think be, I think he'd be a good fit on the Lakers. And I think you have what it takes to get him, actually. I think the draft picks okay. that you guys currently have, even if, like, I don't think he takes all your draft picks to acquire. Could you, because see, this is where, this is where you start acquiring people, right? Like, if mm-hmm. you get Collins and, you know, do you take a flyer on on? You know, I know they're not gonna want to give up Adrian Griffin, but are they take a flyer on Jalen Johnson? You yeah, know, that's like the like new that. Cam Radish type. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, because see, that's to me the kind of package you need to get back is somebody people with contracts that you're now you can fill out. Mm-hmm. your team and you can say okay this works with lebron this doesn't work with lebron also yeah. maybe in all of this you're building up the value of ad and maybe 
<laughs> no Laker fans don't want to hear That's this. what you always want to build towards. I mean, Laker fans do not want to hear this. Yeah. But agenda. Are we at a point? Yeah. Let's say, okay. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask a straightforward question because I've heard I heard something on this and I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. No, I'm here. I'm here. Let's go. Boyan Bogdanovich to the Lakers. Uh-huh. They give up a first rounder. Yeah. I then you now okay, no. Hear me out. Yeah. You still got a couple second rounder. Now the defense is gonna be horrific. Yeah. Horrific when I put the, all this together. <laughs> Yeah, he well, I don't know. He's not like the worst defender. He's he's fine, I guess. He is just like a passable a B minus C plus defender. But now what's another undesirable contract that's out there? Let's let's there's a couple of them out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, on on that same team, you could look at a guy like Kelly Olenek, maybe, or no, actually, he went out in that. Yeah, he went out in that. Talking about um, Nerlens Noel, rather, and maybe have him sit uh, join teams with Anthony Davis again, like they were for like a couple seconds on draft day. After uh, Nerlens got drafted and then eventually traded for Drew Holiday, could they reimagine Killian Hayes as a six four, six five guard? Uh, yeah, yeah. I man, Detroit seems to be, do like waves with their respect of Killian Hayes. Right now, it seems like some of them still like and want to keep the guy around, but. Especially if they're sitting in a position to draft on yet another guard on a team with Ivy and Cade, they're gonna need to move on from this guy eventually. So there's a chance that he finds a spot in a second draft. I'm not sure necessarily that's where it would be, but I'd I'd really like to see him get another opportunity, be it in like OKC, maybe San Antonio. I'd actually really like. Yeah, I would just think that if you're the Lakers, and I'm not saying that you would do this deal. I'm just saying if if that's out there for you to do, is that something that like helps them now? Still, you you still have stuff left to do something mm-hmm. else, or to me, if you got three first round draft picks. In the summer. Yeah. And got cap space. You can make it work. Yeah. I mean, who knows what is Mm -hmm. out there? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe this go-around, Toronto figures out that OG Ananobi is not worth three first-round draft picks. I'm not saying that that's true. I'm just saying that maybe they find out. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe we figure out that Jeremy Grant would be a okay, would be in a third option. I don't think he, I don't, he, yeah, he likes no, the ball. He loves the ball. Maybe pigs bro. will fly. Yeah, no, that's never going to happen. But I mean, you you have no idea what could happen, what could spring loose mm-hmm. with, uh, with all of this. So I would yeah. think to stay fluid 
would be the best thing to do. But I definitely understand the cries of Laker Nation. Yeah, LeBron's hundred years old. You need to not to waste a LeBron year. Yeah, you need to okay. So then my my last question is is there anything viable? Mm-hmm. Just viable that you could close your eyes and go, okay, Anthony Davis healthy, LeBron's healthy. Oh, they got these two guys. Oh, okay. It's on. It's on and cracking. Is there anything out there that you can say, man, I don't know if I don't know if Memphis wants to deal with this uh, in the second round? Uh I I don't want to say no, but I struggle to think of it off the top of my head. I no, guess, I want you to be real. I want you to yeah, be honest. No, honest, no, no, honest. no, no. I I'm not. I don't mean to lack to be honest. I just don't want to like necessarily write it off because they have two such good players. Like the only maybe there's some world where Fred Van Vliet and Thaddeus Young like push you to somewhere near that level. I I personally don't see that necessarily being the team that gets over the hump, but right. this does seem a more like a more open West actually. So there could be a world where it happens. It is a team like that, that puts it together, especially if they make the right buyout moves like Nerland's Noel could also be a bio guy who you're just throwing onto the Lakers after a while. Right. Well, with that being said, I guess we're still just in a holding pattern because nothing has happened. 0.0 has happened. Yeah. The Kyrie thing happened and it shut down the league for a few days. It seemed like, oh, you can't you can't quite say nothing's happened because today we did get another trade request by That's right. uh, Mr. Furkan Korkmaz. He wants his way out of Philadelphia. I, <laughs> to be honest, like I, I almost kind of get it. Like, how do you never use the guy as the same side shooter with Joel Embiid when, like, that's the most obvious offense you could ever run? He, the guy can hit open threes. Why don't you just put him on the side with Joel Embiid so people have the choice either leave Furkan o- open or don't double Joel Embiid. It, it's right there. Is he and an absolute sieve on defense, though? He to a to a certain extent, but they still play him, and they just don't play him out there. They just play him in other spots on the court, and it just drives me nuts. Could it be a cheap piece that the Lakers could pick up? And I'm not oh, trying yeah, to turn absolutely. this into a Laker podcast. I'm just asking the yeah, question. No, he he definitely could be. He he's kind of civvy on defense, but he's uh I would say usable, more usable than most, and he can hit an open shot. So and if, he would be a better pickup than Cam Reddish, obviously, because yeah, he would be yeah. able to fit a need. Or a, yeah, a play basketball would right. be <laughs> the big thing he could do. Play basketball, Cam Reddish. Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced he can do that yet. We'll we'll need to see. He's Cam Reddish is the new ghost stories of the league to me. I've heard a bunch of tales about Cam Reddish, the basketball player. I'd love to see it take place on a court. The free Cam Reddish stands are just like a Paul, yeah. right? <laughs> They're yeah. just upset at us. Oh, 
he reminds me of up until this guy actually did kind of come out of the woodwork this year. So I don't want to give him too much guff, but it reminds me of David and Joku. For like years, we were hearing about how this was going to be David and Joku's breakout season. And this guy would just, oh, he's hurt again. Oh, he's for moved down the depth chart for this reason, that reason. And he just like vanished every season. And it was Nico, always going to be his year. OJ I Howard. It. I got it. Go ahead. Cam Reddish is the equivalent of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, yeah, that's another great one. It's just, but at least Clyde has played like one good game. <laughs> like, I'd love to see that from Cam Reddish. It's, ah, uh, yeah, it's not been great. OJ, OJ Howard is another great example of a that's player. Like, keep hearing he's going to be good eventually, and it just it never, never comes true. I think, like, you, I think that there should be like another team. I don't know if you if it had to be a G. It can't be a G League team because dudes' egos would be bruised. Yeah, but you you get Ben Simmons like Cam Radish. Oh man, you get like an island of misfit toys. You, <laughs> the you start up a, team. You, you start up a team in Mexico City, and there you go. The Conquistadors are born. <laughs> that would be great. Who's another they, one that would jo- need to join that team? We oh Christian Wood. Yeah, that's another one that would need to join that team. Russ, um, a throwback, Daniel Orton. I remember oh the theory of Daniel. Oh, Orton. we're good. We're going throwback. I can go like Darius Miles. Yeah, yeah. Let's he go. Is, he Let's is go. Another, he is another great Royce White. Oh my, who's God. now a politician? I guess. Oh my God, Malik. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Beasley, Michael Beasley. Oh, Michael Beasley. Yeah, yeah he's sure. a great one. They just. The people you just kept hearing about, they're eventually going to develop. One guy, he actually broke out for a while, but Andrew Bynum was the king of that for a minute before it happened. (laughs) I remember, man, Andrew Bynum versus... We do not talk about Andrew Bynum here in Los Angeles at all. We just kind of skip over that. Even though that that dude was part of championships, we kind of skip over that. We yeah, just kind of call that right the Lamar, by. Odom, and Kobe years, you know? Yeah. So we kind of just skip over that Bynum was actually key to victories in there. Because yeah. he was he was literally – he was Benoit Benjamin mm-hmm. oh, yeah. with, with, like, great talent around him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it was all the stuff that Benoit Benjamin did because it was like you saw all the talent. But there was this rock headedness, <laughs> yeah, that was never going to do. You weren't going to beat it out of him. Kobe could scowl at him. He could mm. yell at him. It just did not matter. Yeah, it did not matter at all. So, oh man, this has been pretty awesome. Thank you for taking me down memory lane with Andrew. Oh, that was that was great. <laughs> Are there any like washed up like Houston Rockets you want to shout out at this point? Oh, like, you uh, know, Matt Bullard. He pissed me off. Oh, what's his name? Chase Budinger. 
that that <sighs> that was uh, one I really like. Most of the most of the guys who I I would cheer for were great. Oh, actually, there's a perfect one. We can. I just tweeted. Uh, I retweeted a bunch of my old tweets about him this week. But Chandler Parsons is kind of the king of this. Uh, I was convinced that was a good basketball player he was like my favorite rocket for a while just because he played that role that i loved like the connector piece at the three he can play defense he can hit the open three and he could kind of handle the ball couldn't drive very much but he could do basically everything else and that's like the player type i always gravitate towards and so i absolutely love Chandler parsons and was devastated when dallas stole him away from us because uh, do you remember a few years ago when um, the Nuggets declined Jokic's option to have him be a restricted free agent a year early? Yeah. Uh, that was actually the same situation the Rockets were in with Chandler Parsons the yes. year before where they declined his option so they could have him as a restricted free agent and negotiate with him with his rights still there. But Dallas just swooped in with this crazy offer that the Rockets were unwilling to match, so they had to let him go. It did not work out for the Mavericks, but as a Rockets fan, I was devastated at the time because he was going to be a part of our James Harden Dwight Howard championship team. And uh, and obviously that never quite materialized. Mm, 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 mm. And then there's also like, well, Steve franchise, he had, he had multiple, multiple games where he was just magnificent. Yeah. (laughs) Stevie franchise hasn't seen a shot that, he he no. didn't like he loved all of them. He he was all when I was younger. Them. He was like the f- most fun guy I could ever watch. That's the guy who made me a Rockets fan in the first place. So I I will always be grateful for Stevie Franchise. Which is funny. That's what brought you to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, because of his disdain for Vancouver. Yeah, well, he said, fuck Vancouver. I agree. Fuck Vancouver at the time. So I I was intrigued instantly by the dude, Stevie. And I, I followed him from there. And then as soon as I decided to start watching the team, they also had seven foot six Yao Ming. So I was like instantly transfixed. And they were, that was my squad forever. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end. But yeah. Oh, perfect. wow. So we are still, I guess, in a holding pattern waiting for any news to break. If news mm-hmm. does break, we will have some sort of emergency pod on yeah. that. Um, we're going to do football on Friday, though. We are. Nico actually came up with a really good idea. Yeah. Which he does all the time. So I don't oh, want to so sound like, it, like it's a surprise. But he was like, let's just switch it around just because of the trade deadline and everything going on. And we'll yeah, we gotta be we gotta be talking about the Super Bowl for sure. Listen, we got prop bets that we need to get to. We know. oh we definitely do. We're gonna be making some money on the Super Bowl. So does that make me your like American cousin Sal? Oh so I, your Canadian I, Bill Simmons. I I guess so. Um, American guy, cousin Sal's already from America. Though, no, so no, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah, your, I 
my personal American, your personal American. That's what I'm saying. Like there, that works for me. You know, I want to make sure that we represent the North (laughs) here. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of Toronto content. I just want to make sure. We did. We no, we're doing a great job always representing Canada. Yeah. Oh, we actually got some uh, fans from like uh, there's a I guess a military base north north or something or whatever mm. it yeah. was interesting i was like we got more fans in canada i was like uh, this is awesome i uh, yeah i put uh one of the last episodes on my facebook for the for my facebook story for the first time i haven't been doing that i'm gonna get on doing that more and it seemed to get engagement from uh some of my uh, extended friends and family and that that might be where it's from because i did go to military school well welcome welcome to frpc yes (laughs) lots of love to anyone tuning in we we derailed at the end like we always do which that's my favorite part i have no idea why we do this but we do the reason why is because i wanted to just the wild appreciation i have for anybody who's tuning in and basically joining us on this like journey because this is literally the start of it. So mm-hmm. you're you're getting it on the ground floor. Absolutely. So when the newbies come in, like at episode 150, and you like, you know, you have to break down the 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 hit the inside jokes to them, yeah, or whatever, on the Discord page or the Reddit page or whatever case may be. You'll be like, I was there from the beginning. Yeah, I remember where the joke came from. <laughs> <laughs> like my hate for Brian Gutenkust. Uh It's gone now, I thought. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that on Friday. Okay. Right. So with that being said, uh, if anything happens that is really newsworthy, we will do a emergency pod. Mm-hmm. If nothing happens Thursday, did you figure out? Thursday. Yeah, you you can. I I wasn't sure if we were going to get to that or not, but you can uh, catch us. I'm I'm thinking on Twitter Spaces on Thursday. You can come. Yeah, you can come and see the two of us talking up a storm about whatever moves uh, end up going down. I'm probably going to be up early, so we'll uh, we'll hope to get that up and going nice and early. Shout out to our Washington Wizards uh, people and our yes, people sir. in like Ashburn, Virginia, because it's wild. There, there's a lot of people who listen to the pod over there for some reason. So I'm really excited yeah. about that. Oh, it so, should be, it should be great. I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, me too. We got a lot of stuff coming up. So emergency pod, if needed, then we do a trade deadline. Twitter spaces, which is you will have to go to Nico mm-hmm. at Nico FRPC. Absolutely. Get that. And yeah. I'm just going to tag along in, you know, VIP status. And you well, can tag along with me because I'll put it up on my Twitter, which is Front Runner PC. We'll but get it all gone. It all, it'll all be there. So that is mm-hmm. going to do it for today. Are there any last thoughts? Is there a Houston? Where is Eric Gordon going? 
Uh, I I kind of I tried to put together a three team trade, us getting in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, sending Eric Gordon to Phoenix. But I honestly, I'm kind of thinking Eric Gordon staying home in Houston, and uh, I I think it's with the end goal of hopefully making a pitch at James Harden. I'm not sure it's going to be successful, but I. <laughs> I'm thinking EG is going to remain. You know rocket. what? We're going to have to do like a deep dive, like on your like old personal life. Not, not Shannon. Shannon's great. Shannon's huh. great for you. Shout out to Shannon yeah. on this pod. Yeah. Always yeah. shout out to Shannon. Always shout out to Shannon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to have to do a deep dive and see what happened in your personal life that makes you so thirsty for James Harden because it's starting to get to some levels that we need to really discuss. No, that's, that's my dude there. (laughs) Yeah. This discussion is not going to lead you anywhere you're happy with. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to have a a long conversation with Shannon. We're going to have to get, there's might have to be an intervention. Yeah. She, she wears James Harden sneakers and they're not because she picked mm, them herself. I'll tell you that. Right. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're, we're definitely going off the rails and this pod is definitely going too long, but you know what? I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nico sign us off so we can get up out of here. Well, I'd like to say thank you so much for every to everyone for tuning in. Please follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nico FRPC. Uh, Vince is at Frontrunner PC, and we're going to be having that Twitter space going this week. Hopefully, it's going to be our first one. So hopefully, you can be there. It'll be successful. Um, space, Twitter space. Yes, sir. Um, Cam, uh, apparently Cam Thomas is breaking out right now, so we're gonna have to we're yeah. gonna have to hop off to to watch that game. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great night. Late.